Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next time, I'm going to give you the latest entertainment news on Zach Avery, Naomi Campbell, RuPaul, BTS member V, Bob Saget, and a whole lot more. Let's get started. Roll it. J.A.G. Up on the blog and I'm chilling up in NYC. Up on the train and the radio was all I need. In the fuse and celeb news, I let see. That's entertainment. Who became famous? Number one source of pop culture. Radio or not, we gon' chase it. That's entertainment. Save adolescents from the ghetto time stages. Gotta make a change in. That's entertainment. Wednesdays afternoon at 1 p.m. So baby, don't forget the tune. The business is nice. The jacks is the better cruise. The rich don't call my win cause you playing the Another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibb, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know what's going on in the world of entertainment, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way you get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, give me a call. Tell me what you think. The call-in number is 347-637-2656 and press the number 1. Again, that's 347-637-2656 and press the number 1. Be serious about it. Don't be pranking. Don't be trolling. This is a serious show, one hour. That's all the time we have. So if you want to make a comment, be serious about it. Also, like us on Facebook. We're at www.facebook.com slash radio. Follow us on Twitter at That's Entertain One. That's T H A T S Entertained in the number one. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto Fourteen. Stiletto like the shoe. S T I L E T T O in the number fourteen. You can also follow me on Instagram at T Jones Gibbs. That's T J O N E S G I B B S. Right now, the current temperature in the NY is a, a cloudy, uh, thirty-eight degrees. Uh, before I get get on with the show. I want to make a, a special uh, shout-out and an announcement. Uh, the shout-out is for all my listeners out there. Thank you again for tuning in week after week at 1 p.m. Eastern right here on Blog Talk Radio. And also I want to make a few announcements. Uh, this is February. This is the third week of February. And uh, February we celebrate Black History Month. And uh, this was something I started last year. And I continue to do this year where we're going to do a highlight or spotlight on some black history that we never was taught in school or we never knew about. And uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, this week we're going to be talking about a inventor by the name of Marie Van Britten Brown. I'll tell you about her uh, about 15 minutes after the hour. So how is everybody doing? What a weekend. Uh, we celebrated Valentine's Day weekend. The Super Bowl was this weekend. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams for winning the Super Bowl. Uh, the Super Bowl halftime show was all of that. Uh, Mary J. Bly, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Dr. Dre performed. There was even some surprise cameo from 50 Cent and Anderson Pack on the drums. So it was it was a crazy weekend. Uh, also last weekend I had uh, my annual Valentine's Day show. I'd like to thank everybody who tuned in for that. And uh, if you didn't catch the show and you just want some relaxing music, some wind-down music, continue to listen to the show. It's currently posted on the social media, Instagram, um, I'm sorry, not Instagram, but to, uh, Twitter and the Facebook, and also um, you can also catch it on the archives here, right here on Blog Talk Radio. So anytime you miss the show or you can't be listen to the show in this whole entirely, you can always go back here on the archives here on BTR, and you can also listen from Facebook and Twitter. Well. Um, 
Oh, oh, and another announcement I have to make. Um, for those who are trying to get back in shape, you know, coming from the holiday, we tend to eat, especially after the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, a lot of people had Super Bowl parties, and the calories, the your calorie intake probably went right out the window, so you probably was grubbing real hard. Uh, and you're looking to get back on track and to get back in shape. Well, I have a friend. His name is uh, David Romero. He used to be a host here on BTR. He is now a certified fitness trainer. And if you're looking for a certified fitness trainer, please hit him up. You can uh, uh, contact David on his Instagram at davidloco12, that's D-A-V-I-D-L-O-C-O-12. You can also hit him up on Instagram at salute, that's S-A-L-U-T, and at Camp Gladiator, that's C-A-M-P-G-L-A-D-I-A-T-O-R. Uh, he also, um, you can also um, uh, do, he he's, he's, uh, became the certified personal trainer where he you can do uh, live workouts in person or through Zoom, and uh, he's very reasonable. It's like uh, forty dollars, and uh, he started full. He started full time last week. So make sure you contact him, sign up with him at, again at Salute or Camp Gladiator on Instagram, or you can go to his uh, Instagram account uh, at David Loco Twelve. Send him a direct message, or you can call him at nine five six. 706-3855 or send him an email at davidjromero88 at yahoo.com that's d-a-v-i-d-j-r-o-m-e-r-o 88 at yahoo.com and tell them tell him that uh, you heard it on That's Entertainment online radio okay lots to talk about this week uh, we're going to be talking about uh, actor uh, Zach Avery. Um, apparently, uh, he's been sentenced uh, for running a $650 million Ponzi scheme. And uh, he's been sentenced to 240 months in jail. He was uh, sentenced on Valentine's Day. Uh, he has to pay over about $230 million in restitution to his victims. So uh, it's a serious, serious situation. We're going to be talking about him. Uh, Naomi Campbell is in the news. Um, apparently she's introducing the world to her new baby, and I'll tell you how she's doing it. Uh, RuPaul has his sights set on, on a new series, a new game show, actually. You know the, you know the craze that uh, Wordle was taking social media by storm, the Internet by storm. Well, RuPaul is going to do like a new series where he's going to do something similar um, as as a game show, but it's going to be called Lingo, and I'm going to tell you more about that. Uh, BTS V is the latest member to test positive for COVID-19. I know um, ARMY, which is our a BTS fan, their fan base, that's what their name, ARMY, are, you know, this, it's like at first it was, it was, it was, it was Jen, then RM, then Sugar, then, then Jimin had it, plus he had to go in for emergency surgery for appendicitis, and now it's V. So, oh my God, so now Jake, John Cook, and, and uh, J Hope are the only two that are safe and sound, but the rest had contracted this so he's the latest and bob saget uh we're going to be talking about bob saget again um his family uh is attempting to protect his privacy in the wake of his passing apparently uh they are suing authorities to prevent release of further information regard regarding the cause of his death so without further ado let's get started um actor zachary j horwitz 
who is known professionally as Zach Avery, has received a hefty sentence for running a $650 million Ponzi scheme. The Los Angeles-based man was sentenced to 240 months in jail on Monday, February 14. The United States District Judge uh, also ordered the 35-year-old to pay $230 million in restitution to his victims. Uh, The defendant... Zachary uh, portrayed himself as a Hollywood success story. That's what the prosecutors argue in a sentence memorandum. Now, Harwitz was arrested in April 2021 on charge of wire fraud, and according to the investigator, for more than five years, he raised millions of dollars from investors, many of whom were personal friends based on false claims that their money would be used by his company, 1NMM Capital, to acquire film distribution rights in foreign territories, which then would be licensed to online platforms like Netflix and HBO. But that was a lie. Now, Horowitz sold people on his scheme by showing them fake licensing and distributions agreements featuring forged signatures, and instead of using the money to buy licensing rights, he used the investors' money to repay earlier investors and to fund his own lavish lifestyles, including the purchase of his $6 million Beverly Wood residence, luxury cars, and travel by private jets. Now, in October 2021, Horowitz pleaded guilty to one count of security fraud. Horowitz's acting credits include Last Moment of Clarity, The White Crow, and Farming. He also appeared as an extra in Brad Pitt's 2014 film, Fury. Wow. And Naomi Campbell is introducing the world to her new baby in a way that only she would on the cover of Vogue magazine. That's right. The iconic supermodel graces the March edition of British Vogue with her nine-month-old daughter, whose name she has not made public, photographed by famed fashion photographer Stephen Missel, who Campbell has worked with on numerous occasions throughout their 35-year friendship. The stunning cover image showed the beauty wearing all black, holding the nine-month-old to her chest. The 51-year-old London native said that her daughter was taking it all in while they were shooting together on set. And in the article published on Monday, Campbell tells writer Sarah Harris about life with her daughter and briefly touches on her daughter's birth, sharing, quote, she wasn't adopted, she's my child. Exact details of the baby birth are unknown, and the famous clothes horse revealed that she kept the news close to the to the chest about what she called her biggest blessing. And she said, quote, I can count on one hand the number of people who knew that I was having her, unquote. Campbell shared on social media saying, quote, a beautiful little blessing has chosen me to be her mother. So honored to have this gentle soul in my life. There are no words to describe the lifelong bond that I now share with you, my angel. There is no greater love, unquote. The March issue of British Vogue hit stands on February 22nd. And she's right. First of all, we didn't know Naomi Campbell was pregnant. We never saw her photograph. We never seen a baby bump. Nothing. So she definitely kept that under the wraps. And it made people think, well, did she pay the surrogate to have the child? You know, is she has she become a mommy? Maybe somebody that she knew, a close friend, couldn't raise the child? Who knows? But she said this is her daughter. Um, and it's a beautiful picture. I saw the picture. Beautiful. But are you surprised, really? Naomi Campbell is beautiful. The baby is beautiful. So it, you, it, you knew it was going to be a stunning photo, uh, a cover. Um, but, you know, over the years, Naomi Campbell been having a lot of bad rap because, you know, with men, she every time you turn around, she was dating this person, that one. And also, she in the past, she had issues with uh, her anger. She had to do go, go to counseling for her anger. She, you know, she was being sued by a housekeeper because of her anger, throwing phones, throw, throwing temper tantrum fits, and everything. But I'm so happy that she's happy um, having this little baby in her life, and uh, hopefully, the baby will continue to bring her joy and happiness. And it's good to see that, um, you know, she's just, you know, happy like that, you know. Um, 
And to be a mother at 51 years of age, you know, uh, I, I mean, and in the photo, the cover is just beautiful, beautiful. Uh, RuPaul has set his sight on a new series with more word twisting and likely fewer splits and sashaying. The Emmy-winning Drag Race host will host and executive produce a primetime Wordle-esque game show called Lingo. It's coming to CBS this year following the success of the UK incarnation. The show will see teams of two compete in fast-paced puzzle rounds to guess letters that reveal seemingly simple words. A former premiere date has yet to be announced, and the casting process is in motion. The news comes as the word game Wordle has the Internet hooked. The news comes as, uh, you know, everybody is talking about this Wordle. They're doing it. Everybody is being is becoming addicted. It's everything. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, v. BTS member V is the latest member who tested positive for COVID-19. Big Hit Music, the management company for the hit K-pop group, came forward with the 26-year-old diagnosed on Tuesday, February 15, via a statement. The statement read, quote, after experience of mild sore throat and took the PCR test, V was diagnosed with COVID-19. He completed two rounds of COVID-19 vaccination and is not presenting, presenting any extraordinary symptoms other than a mild fever and sore throat. It unveiled that the singer, born Kim Tae-young, is currently undergoing treatment at home while waiting for further guidelines from the health care authorities. Uh, this is what the message said. Uh, there, they said, quote, there was contact with the other members on Saturday the 12th, but everyone was wearing a mask, but there was no close contact, unquote. None of the BTS members other than V are presenting any symptoms, and everyone received negative results from the preemptive self-test. V diagnosed came nearly two months after his group mates, Jen, RM, and Sugar, caught the virus. They tested positive for COVID-19 upon returning from the United States, where they held BTS permission to dance on stage LA. V and his bandmates are currently taking a hiatus for the first time since 2019. And also, uh, Jimin also had contracted it uh, as well, and he also had to take uh, emergency surgery because he had acute appendicitis. So, yeah, everybody's just, you know, the Army is, uh, you know, very concerned. You know, they have one of the biggest fan base in the world, and when they hear news of their beloved BTS members sick, they is very concerned, very concerned. Um, right now we got 17 minutes after the hour, and uh, as as I promised, um, you know, this is Black History Month. This is the third week, and as this week we're going to be talking about, uh, give you a little Black History moment. We're going to be uh, talking about an inventor by the name of and a native New Yorker at that. Marie Van Britten Brown. She was born on January 7, 1922. She was an African-American nurse and inventor from Queens, New York. In 1966, at the age of 44, she came up with this brilliant idea to create a unique home surveillance device with a closed-circuit television security system. So before there was Ring and all these security devices, Marie, Marie Van Britten Brown was the first one to invent a security system. She and her husband, Albert L. Brown, applied for the patent and invented a system with a motorized camera that could, that could show images on a monitor. That patent was eventually granted, and her invention went on to become a technology technological uh, precursor to how modern-day home security systems would be designed. Brown's invention has very unique features for the time. The motorized camera at the door could slide up and down to look out of four peepholes. Anything the camera captured would display on a monitor. Her system also included a radio control lock that would allow the front door to remotely unlock and an audio-video alarm system that could be used to see and communicate with whoever was at the door. 
for her genius invention, which obviously contributed to the future of home security systems, Brown was given a prestigious award by the National Scientist Committee. But for the most part, her invention has gone unnoticed and undocumented by the mainstream media and literature. And as recently as 2013, her invention has been cited in 32 patent applications. Sadly, Marie Van Britten Brown died on February 2, 1999, at the age of 77 years old. And this goes to show you that black creativity has moved the world forward throughout time, and because of Brown, we can sleep peacefully at night. That's right. So that's our Black History Moment for this week, the third week of February, celebrating Black History Month. Uh, at, uh, uh, Bob Saget's family is uh, attempting to pr- protest their privacy, uh, protest the privacy in the wake of the comedian's passing. Uh, the late actor's wife, Kelly Rizzo, and his three daughters, Aubrey, Laura, and Jennifer, are suing authorities to prevent release of further information regarding Bob's cause of death. Now, on Tuesday, February 15, attorneys representing the family filed a lawsuit in Orange County against Orange County Sheriff's and the Medical Examiner's Office. According to the complaint, certain news and media outlets have filed or plan to file public records requests, and the family is requesting an injunction to keep those materials confidential. The lawsuit claims that the release of such information would cause the family to suffer and reparable harm in the form of extreme mental pain, anguish, and emotional distress. The Sagas have asked for a temporary injunction while the court rules on whether to permanently block the release of information about his death. Uh, Brian Beaver, an attorney representing the Saget family, said in a statement, quote, in order to protect the Saget family's privacy today on their behalf, I file for an injunction to prevent the disclosure of any photographs or videos of Mr. Saget made by the authorities during their investigation, unquote. Bob was found dead in his hotel room in the Ritz-Carlton, Orlando, Grand Lake, south of Orlando, Florida, on January 9th. His autopsy report was then released, revealing that he had tested positive for COVID-19, but his cause of death was head trauma. He suffered multiple fractures after likely hitting the uh, posterior aspect of his head in an unwitnessed fall. The Full House alum also had an enlarged heart, 95% blocked on one side, while no drug or alcohol was involved in his passing. His system contained um, clonazepam and clonopin, which is taken for seizures, panic disorder, and anxiety. Uh, that's what the report shows. Additionally, the antidepressant trazodone was found in his system as well. So Kodak Black has finally left the hospital after being shot during a scary fight outside Justin Bieber's after party in Los Angeles, California. The rapper was seen leaving the medical center using a walker. On Monday, February 14, TMZ obtained a video that saw the tunnel vision rapper leading, leaving uh, Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. The hip-hop artist was back on his feet, although with the help of a walker, he also had a ton of bodyguards around him as he got into the back of a black SUV. Now, Kodak, who's born Bill Cahan Capri, was among four people who got shot during an altercation outside the Nice Guy restaurant in West Hollywood early Saturday. Now, Kodak first went to Justin's party without any issues, and around 2.45 a.m., the Pompeo Beach native, Gunna, and Little Baby were seen outside the building talking and smiling in a video that captured the incident. Uh, then Gunna was seen walking behind Kodak, whispering something in his ear. Kodak turned his head before uh, the hitmaker got into his car, and at that point, somebody was heard saying off the camera, Oh, snap, what? You know, then the camera swung around and captured the chaotic scene as several people, including Kodak, raced towards someone. 
Suddenly the gunfire was heard as Kodak turned and stumbled backwards. One person was seen lying on the ground but was able to move. The hip-hop star, a 19-year-old man, a 20-year-old man, and a 60-year-old man was wounded. However, the shooter has not been arrested. Just hours after getting shot, Kodak took to his Twitter account to tell his fans that he would attend the 2022 Super Bowl with Drake. However, Kodak apparently didn't come to Sunday's big game at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California, as he was discharged from the hospital on Monday afternoon. There's also no sign of his presence near the certified lover boy artist who came with his OVO team. Right now we have here uh, 25 minutes after the hour. Um, coming up, uh, we're going to be talking about the that movie Death on the Nile. Um, it has not, well, according to the uh, the latest box office numbers, it hadn't did that well. It only had a, a meek debut. So we're going to be talking about that. That's the movie that stars Gal Gadot, Annette Bening, and Russell Brand. Uh, also, uh, Ian McGregor is going to be returning as Obi-Wan Kenobi in a new Disney Plus uh, show. That's going to be coming up in May. And Eminem became the talk of the town following his performance at the Super Bowl 56 by taking a knee during the halftime show. And Taylor Swift couldn't be happier to get her 32nd nomination at the 2022 Academy of Country Music Awards. And Coachella and Stagecoach are making sure audiences at this year's festival will feel normal as possible. All those stories and more coming up after the break, so don't go anywhere.
Tune in to That's Entertainment, the number one source of entertainment news and pop culture every Wednesday afternoon with the host Tammy Jones Gibbs, right here on Block Talk Radio. Got 30 minutes left remaining in the show. That's the latest from Mary J. Bly, free friend DJ Khaled, and amazing. Uh, right before we went to the music break, I was telling you about that new movie, Death on the Nile. Well, it's been set sail only to have a meek debut. Uh, the mystery film that serves as a sequel to Murder on the Orient Express opened to an estimated $12.8 million on the Super Bowl weekend, but it's enough to lead the domestic box office. The star-studded murder mystery, which boasts the likes of Gal Gadot, Annette Bening, and Russell Brand, among others in the cast, arrived on par with expectations, which had projected a three-day tally around $11 million to $14 million. This means that the movie had a long way to go to make up for its budget of $90 million. The Kenneth uh, Bronan direct film, which is based on the 1973 novel of the same name by Agatha Christie, received mixed review with an average rating of 5.9 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes. Audience polled by Cinema Score gave the film an average grade of B on the A plus to F scale, the same as its predecessor that grossed $102.8 million in North America on its opening weekend. Also filmed to make an impressive debut is Marry Me, starring Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. And despite having a release date that was set to coincidence with coincidence, Coincident with the Valentine's Day weekend, the romantic comedy had to accept an estimated $8 million cumulative on its first weekend. And Ewan McGregor uh, returns as Obi-Wan Kenobi is fast approaching. Last Wednesday, Disney Plus announced that the upcoming limited series is set to arrive on the streaming platform on Wednesday, May 25th. The date is almost 17 years after Star Wars Revenge of the Sith was released in theaters. Additionally, the streamers uh, treated fans to a new poster featuring the iconic Star Wars character. The new picture uh, saw Ewan, Ewan as the uh, Jedi Master walking along through the Tantoon Desert. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, a limited original series, starts streaming on May 25th on hashtag Disney+. The streamer wrote in an Instagram post, Set 10 years after the event of the 2005 film, Obi-Wan Kenobi follows Obi-Wan as he faces his greatest defeat, the downfall and the corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice, Anakin Skywalker, who turned to the dark side is evil Sith Lord Darth Vader. Additionally, the show will see Hayden Christensen reprising his role as Vader. Hayden will reportedly also play the character on the upcoming series, Star Wars, as Soka. And the uh, Eminem, speaking of Eminem, we're talking about the Super Bowl. Um, he became the talk of the town following his performance at the Super Bowl 56 uh, by taking a knee during the halftime show. Uh, while his gestures generated a lot of buzz on social media, it apparently wasn't a big deal to those who were involved in the show's preparation. And speaking to TMZ after the performance, Dr. Dre, who also headlined the event, was asked if NFL intervened on any parts of their performance, particularly Eminem kneeling on stage and Kendrick Lamar omitting the and we hate popo lines from his song All Right. While he acknowledged that there were a few minor adjustments, the hip-hop mogul insinuated that the league had no problem with M's act. Uh, he said that M taking the knee, that was M's doing, that's on his own, and there was no problem with that. That's what he said on uh, Monday, February 14th. A rep for NFL has also confirmed that they were aware that Eminem planned on kneeling after viewing rehearsal footage. Uh, they said that they 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 said that they watch all elements of the show during the multiple rehearsals that we and they were aware that Eminem was going to do that. That's what a spokesman from the league, uh, Brian McCarthy, said. 
Eminem took a knee after he finished performing his Oscar-winning single, Lose Yourself, and while Dr. Dre began performing Still Dre, it was previously reported that NFL had told the Not Afraid hitmaker not to kneel, but he did it anyway to support former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick and his fight against injustice. Also taken to the stage during the halftime show was, again, Mary J. Bly, 50 Cent, who made a surprise appearance to sing his hit in the club, as well as Anson Pat, who played the drums during the Detroit MC's performance. And Taylor Swift couldn't be happier to get her 32nd nomination at the 2022 Academies of Country Music Awards. After the nomination list was announced on Thursday, February 10th, the singer took to social media to express her excitement. Upon learning that, uh, she, uh, she, her, her visual for I Bet You Think About Me, the Taylor version, it, it was nominated for Video of the Year. And Taylor summons his director and her close friend, Blake Lively. She also gave shout-outs to the star, uh, Miles Taylor, and his wife, Kaylee Sperry. The 2022 ACM Awards nomination list is dominated by Chris Young, who led with seven nods. Also receiving multiple nominations is Morgan Whalen, the crooner who was banned from being eligible for last year's ACMs due to his N-word controversy, earned four nominations, including Male Artist of the Year, among others. And Coachella and Stagecoach are making sure audiences at this year's festival will feel as normal as possible. Organizers of both festivals have dropped all COVID-19-related restrictions ahead of the big event. Both Coachella and Stagecoach have updated their health and safety guidelines in accordance with local guidelines. This means they will no longer require concertgoers to wear masks, show negative tests, or proof or vaccination. While Coachella has not made an official announcement on its social media pages, it has updated its health and safety rules on its website where it is stated, quote, in accordance with local guidelines, there will be no vaccination, testing, or masking requirements at Coachella 2022, unquote. However, both Coachella and Stagecoach noted on their official website that COVID-19 is an extremely contagious disease that can lead to severe illness and death. There is an inherent and elevated risk of exposure to COVID-19 in any public place or place where people are present, and there is no guarantee expressed or implied that those attending the festival will not be exposed to COVID-19. The decision was made after the number of positive COVID cases has been trending downward in the United States following the month-long Omicron surge. And despite that, the U.S. is still averaging around 150,000 cases per day as of Tuesday, according to the New York Times COVID tractor. The the, uh, Coachella Music and Arts Festival will take place on two separate weekends, April 15th to the 17th and April 23rd to the 25th, with Harry Styles, Billie Eilish, Kanye West, and Swedish House Mafia set to headline the festival. As for the Stagecoach Festival, it will run from April 29th until May 1st, featuring headliners like Carrie Underwood, Thomas Rhett, and Luke Combs. Um... That I, 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 you know what I, I, you know this, and I know this. There's been this talk about. I know here in New York, the numbers have been going down dramatically. Uh, the governor here in New York was talking about um, that. Uh, She's thinking about lifting the mask mandate off the students, off the students going to school from five ages five and up. You know, I I I still don't feel safe. I if I was going to this event, I would be in my mask because there is a possibility of you getting exposure, and you never know. There might be another variant lurking somewhere in the crowd. And also, too, until the pandemic is officially over, I still say it's unsafe. And, you know, Coachella and Stagecoach brings millions and millions of people there every year, every year. And we're talking about being, even though it's outside in the desert and everything, you're still in close proximity. You know, you're not standing six feet apart. You're not standing, there's no gap. So, 
you, the the audience is going to be really standing up close. They're going to be really close. So, um, I, it's like you know, it's like you're taking a really big risk. You're really taking a big risk, but uh, we'll see. Uh, sad news. Um, Tyrese Gibson is mourning the death of his loved ones. More than a week after his first, after he first revealed that his mother's hospitalization, the actor and rapper announced that his mother, Priscilla Murray Gibson, lost her battle with COVID-19 and pneumonia. And we're just talking about this. Uh, the Roman Pierce in the Fast and Furious franchise shared the sad news via Instagram late Monday. Valentine's Day. Uh, the comment section was soon flooded with messages from his friends and fans offering their condolences. Uh, Tyrese first took the Instagram on February 5th to reveal his mother's hospitalization, asking people to pray for his mother. And uh, Nick Cannon is celebrating, val- he was celebrating Valentine's Day by releasing his new single, Alone. In the newly released song, the Nick Cannon present Wild and Out host belted out some sad lyrics that allude to him still having feelings for his ex-wife, Mariah Carey. Now, Nick also shared the song on Instagram along with the link to the track he wrote, This is for everybody, no, this is for anybody else who is alone on Valentine's Day. I had to come raw from the heart on this one. Hashtag broken, hashtag shattered, hashtag toxic, hashtag raw and be. Hashtag Alone. Alone is the first single from Nick's upcoming R&B mixtape, Raw NB, the explicit tape, which is scheduled to be released on February 18th. He said this is the gospel of his uh, broken soul. That's what the, the talk show host said on his new project in a statement. He said this is as raw as it gets. Uh, the TV host himself described the song specifically as an ode to Mariah Carey in a press release. Nick and Mariah tied the knot in 2008 before deciding to get divorced in 2016. The exes share 10-year-old twins, Monroe and Moroccan. The Love Don't Cost the Thing actor is also dad to 4-year-old Golden Sagan and 13-month-old powerful queen whom he shared with Brittany Bell. Nick is also a parent to a 7-month-old twin, Zion and Zillin, with Abby Della Rosa. And last year, Nick would welcome a 7th child, Zen, with Alyssa Scott, sadly, then died at five months of old. Five months old in December after a battle with brain cancer. Uh, more more recently, Nick hosted a gender reveal party for Bree Ticey. Uh During the bash, he revealed that they're expecting a baby boy. The private party, which was attended by a small group of friends, took place in Malibu last month. Right now we have uh, 16 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm going to go ahead and take another music break. And when I come back, I'll give you the last remaining stories of the day. So don't go anywhere.
That was her featuring Ty Dolla Sign in the back of my mind. Uh, right now we have 13 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm, my my switchboard is acting crazy today. But, uh, yes, we have 13 minutes left remaining in the show. And uh, some good news, some congratulated news. Uh, gym, gymnast superstar Simone Biles wrote on Instagram on Tuesday that she said, quote, it was the easiest yes. When Houston, Texas football player say, uh, Jonathan Owen has asked her to marry him, uh, he plays, uh, yeah, he's an NFL player. Uh, Biles and Owens posted numerous photos of the proposal and acceptance, which appear to have been orchestrated by Owens in a pile. Owens credited his pandemic with helping them all spend more time together. The 26-year-old NFL player said he was blown away when he first saw Biles showcasing her athletic proudness. Uh, He added that they also bring out one another's competitive side, even when he comes home from a physical taxing practice. Yeah, you know, he. um, the thing about... um, her fiance, Jonathan Owen, um, when he first met Simone Biles, he didn't know anything about her. He didn't know she was this Olympian, this gold medalist. He didn't know anything about her. And now uh, now he does, right? So happy congratulations to them. So happy for them. Uh, the family of the cinematographer that was fatally shot by Alec Baldwin on the set of the movie, Russ, is suing the actor and the film producers. The wrongful death suit was filed yesterday, Tuesday, in Santa Fe, New Mexico, by Matthew Hutchins, Helena Hutchins' widow husband, and her nine-year-old son, Andros Hutchins. The paperwork alleged that Baldwin acted recklessly, and because of cost-cutting, the production failed to follow industry standards for gun safety, which resulted in the cinematographer's death. Baldwin has denied he pulled the trigger after being handed the gun by first assistant director Dave Halls. Now, Helena Hutchins was shot and killed on October 21st while preparing for a scene at Bonanza Creek Ranch outside of Santa Fe. The film director, Joe Souza, was also struck. Hutchins was airlifted to a hospital where uh, she died. The suit also accused Baldwin of committing reckless discharge of a deadly weapon, which is a criminal offense in the state of New Mexico. And the actor has said he does not expect to face criminal charges related to the incident, but prosecutors have not made a decision. The Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office is investigating with a focus on how a live round got into the gun. 
Randy McGinn, uh, uh, the uh, state attorney in Albuquerque, was more forceful in condemning Baldwin and the producers. McGinn said that the suit would likely go to trial within two years. The suit lists as defendant producer Baldwin, Ryan Smith, and Alan Cheney, and Nathan Klinger, and uh, a whole bunch of people. Uh, the lawsuit details emails sent by camera assistant Lane Looper, who was raising alarm over the accidental discharges on the set, and Looper and others quit the production before Hutchins' death. And in that message, Looper also said that he suffered tinnitus, ringing in the ears after a special effect explosion. Lawyers for the Hutchins family played a video that featured a computer-animated recreation of the shooting for the media. Other members of the film crew have filed lawsuits on their own. Script supervisor Mamie Mitchell, the gaffer Serge Vetno, and key medic Cheryl, Sherilyn Schaefer. Uh, the producers have publicly com- commented on only on uh, Mitchell's legal papers, arguing it should be thrown out and mediated through the New Mexico's workers' compensation system. Comedy stars... Wanda Sites, Amy Schumer, and Regina Hall will lead the Academy Awards ceremony next month. Producers announced Tuesday marking the first time three women have hosted the show. The March 27th ceremony at Los Angeles Dolby Theater will be the first Oscar since 2018 to feature a host and the first since 1987 with three MCs. The Manhattan-born Schumer starred on the sketch comedy series Inside Amy Schumer and in the movie Trainwreck and I Feel Pretty. She's also a successful stand-up. Sykes, also known for her stand-up comedy, is an Emmy winner for her writing on The Chris Rock Show. And Hall, who graduated from Fordham University and NYU, starred in the scary movie parody films and was also a lead in 2017's Girls Trip, which was produced by Will Packer, who is also putting together this year's Oscars. The last three Oscar ceremonies have relied on presenters to keep the flow of the show going without an official host. ABC Late Night star Jimmy Kimmel was the last Oscar host headlining the ceremonies in both 2017 and 2018. This is the first time Hall, Schumer, or Sykes have hosted the ceremony. And Netflix, uh, dark western drama The Power of the Dog, which centers on a callous cow rancher played by Benedict Cumberbatch, leads all films with 12 Oscar nominations this year, including for Best Picture. Jane Campion is up for Best Director for her work on the movie, while all four of its main stars are nominated in the acting category. Other contenders for Best Picture include Steven Spielberg's new adaptation of the musical West Side Story, Kenneth Branagh, semi-autobiographical Northern Ireland set drama, Belfast, the science fiction epic, Dune, and King Richard, a Will Smith-led biopic about the eccentric father, a tennis great, Venus and Serena Williams. And life imitates art for Issa Rae over the weekend. The insecure creator and star became the first person to receive the keys to the city of Inglewood at Saturday Taste of Inglewood Festival. Her lead character was bestowed the same honor in a fantasy sequence during the final season of the award-winning HBO series. Referring to Ray as the queen of the southwestern Los Angeles County City, Mayor James T. Butts presented the keys at the event held across the street from SoFi Stadium where Super Bowl 56 was held Sunday. And during its five-season run on HBO, Insecure revolved around Ray's main character, Issa Dee, and her group of millennial friends as they navigate life, love, and work around the black-centric city that claims supermodel Tyra Banks, former rapper Mac-10, R&B crooner Amarion, and ex-Real Housewife Atlanta star Lisa Wu Hartwell as natives. The 37-year-old Emmy nominee, whose given name is Joisa Ray Diop, is also a proud native. It's true. And on her new HBO Max series, Sweet Life Los Angeles, Ray also spotlights the region and various locals. 
It's an unprecedented movie to get viewers more engaged with the upcoming 94th Annual Academy Awards. Its governing body has announced that it has partnered with Twitter for film fans to get in on the action of selecting their favorite movie of the year. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences announced Monday that the Oscar fan favorite award winner will be revealed during the live telecast on March 27 on ABC. Starting Monday, Monday, movie fans are urged to vote by entering the names of their favorite film of 2021 at com or on Twitter using the hashtag OscarFanFavorite and SweepState. Voters can give thumbs up to their favorite movies up to 20 times a day. The movie could direct some attention during the Oscar telecast to popular movies that traditionally get overlooked by industry professionals who select which films are worthy of an award. Voting ends on March 3rd. That is a great idea. Great idea. Uh, the Impractical Jokers are ushering a new era. The comedy troupe from Staten Island will return with a new episode of its hidden camera prank series on April 2nd, making it the first since longtime member Joe Gatto left the group. The episode is set to feature Impractical Jokers staples Sal Volcano, Brian Q. Quinn, and James Mur- Murray teaming up with comedian Eric Andre, who is guest starring. It will debut on TBS, TNT, and True TV in coverage of the NCAA men's Final Four basketball game, the network announced on Monday. It's the first time Impractical Jokers, which typically air on True TV, will premiere across all three sister networks. Gatto, who announced on December 31st that he was leaving Impractical Jokers after separating from his wife, saying in an Instagram post that he needed to focus on being the best father and co-parent to his two incredible kids. And Practical Jokers wrapped up its ninth season last August. Monday announcement said new episodes are currently in production and will air weekly during the summer. And Whoopi Goldberg returned to The View on Monday, two weeks after she was suspended for claiming the Holocaust was not a race issue. However, she did not directly address the reason behind her suspension. Goldberg was suspended after a January 31st show where during a discussion about a Tennessee school board banning the graphic novel Moss from its curriculum where she said, quote, Holocaust isn't about race because it was about two white groups of people, unquote. The 66-year-old co-host apologized for her comments on air before her suspension. On Monday's show, Goldberg declared the show would continue to have tough conversations. And April is going to be... No joke for Trevor Noah, the Daily Show star will be the entertainer at the White House Correspondent Dinner on April 30th, just weeks after the comedian hosts the Grammy Awards. Noah is also in the midst of his Back to Abnormal comedy tour. The dinner will be the first since 2019 after it was canceled the previous two years due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The annual event raises money for the WACA, which support media members who cover the White House. The dinner, which is frequently attended by the President and First Lady, also helps fund scholarship for expiring journalists. The organization has not announced how viewers can watch the 2022 dinner, but C-SPAN had previously aired the event. This will be Noah's first time performing at the dinner, which has featured big-name entertainers in the past, including Jay Leno, Jimmy Kimball, Wanda Sight, Seth Meyers, Larry Wilmore, Conan O'Brien, Aretha Franklin, and Bob Hope. Meanwhile, the 64 annual Grammys are set to take place April 3rd at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. It's the second consecutive year that Noah will host the Music Focus Award Show. The South African-born comedian has hosted Comedy Central Daily Show since 2015, taking over for Jon Stewart. And renowned producer even Ivan Redman, director of Ghostbusters and a host of other films that became cultural touchstones, has died at the age of 75. He died peacefully in his sleep, his family told the Associated Press. From National Lampoon's Animal House, whose toga frat parties inspired legends of college students and put comedian John Belushi on the map, to Meatballs and Stripe, which launched stars like Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and... um, and um, Harold Ramis, uh, Redman's big 
bowdy comedies caught the spirits of their time. Ghostbusters in 1984 grossed $300 million worldwide and was nominated for two Oscars and spawned spinoff TV shows and last year's Ghostbusters Afterlife, which was directed by his son, Jason. Now, Ivan Redmond was known for coaxing the untapped comic towns of, uh, of established dramatic actors such as Robert Redford, Deborah Winger, Sigourney Weaver, and Emma Thompson. He directed Arnold Schwarzenegger in Kindergarten, Kindergarten Cop and Junior and produced Space Jam star Michael Jordan and a host of Looney Tune characters. Um, Redmond was chosen as Director of the Year by the National Association of Theater Owners in 1984 and received a Special Achievement Award at the, at the uh, Canadian Genie Award this, the year after. And he netted the People's Choice Award twice, once in 1979 and again in 1989, Animal House and Twins, respectively. And besides his son, uh, Redmond is survived by his wife, Genevieve, and his two daughters. May he rest in peace. Well, that's going to do it for me for this week. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you next time. Take care.